This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year to everybody. It's Good nice, morning. Nice to be back in the studio again. Absolutely. Start another Start another year off right. It's been an eventful end of and beginning of year, and we haven't been here until now. So I know. I know. And so we haven't been able to talk about it. Is that where you were going, David? That is where I was going. Well, we've talked about it. We have. We haven't shared it with anybody. Well, uh, just amongst ourselves. Yes. And this month starts off our uh, our ninety fifth anniversary. Wow. In business. I know. So we are going to have a lot of years. We're going to have some things coming up uh, in the future to celebrate that and uh, pass on our good fortune to. Uh, all of our customers so we're still, still in the process of putting all that together but hopefully we'll have something we will have something soon that we can talk about. I just about. realized the nursery is one year younger than my father. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. What's what's the anniversary date from start? <clears throat> Do you remember? January 1. January 1. It started on the first. Okay. My, he opened on he opened on uh, the 1st of January 1928 near the corner of one and Taylor Street. Wow. Yeah. Pretty That's quite the legacy. It's, it's changed it, yeah. it's, it's changed it the city has definitely changed a lot yeah. <laughs> since that time. And it's interesting when I look through when I look look through old photos of of the city and stuff and and look at the dates on them I'm like, "Wow, that's that's what it looked like when when my grandfather was living here, you know, when he started here." And so Pretty, it's pretty incredible. Uh, well, just the change in the city just in my lifetime. No kidding. I was just going to say in the last 15 years has been crazy. Yeah, and then I look at it and the change. You know, and my, my dad was born in 1940, and I look at the change from 1940, and then when my grandfather came out here and was either 22 or 24, I mean, it's 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 mind-boggling the what, what has happened in this in this town and in, in that amount of time it really has changed um george we you have classes starting I, today we do we're back on schedule but david wanted to do weather i could see are, it are in you his allowed, eyes <clears throat> are you allowed to do classes before weather I, I, was just, I think, I saw so. that I think you we usually okay, do. Go, go okay, ahead. so classes. It's it, We're back in session with classes at both locations. And in um, San Diego today at 9 a.m., it's um, Bear Root Fruit Tree Care and Selection with Kirk Peacock. He's an arborist who's done a number of classes for us. Great guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then at 9.30 in 
Poway, we have bare root fruit trees with John Clements. And John's a caller of ours and the horticultural manager uh, from the San Diego Botanic Garden. And so we're looking forward to that as well today. Both should be very good classes. And both stores are are very well stocked. Well, at least we were um, well stocked on, on fruit trees. But they're, they're selling fast. And on some of the some of the varieties that we didn't get as many in, uh, if you're interested in getting them, I would get in and get them now yeah. because they go. Well, they're yes. going to be gone. People yeah. ask, how long are you going to have bare root trees? It's well, a tough question to answer. It yeah. depends on the weather. Yeah. But sometime in mid to late February, we're going to be probably done with them. And then some varieties were done with already because the supply was restricted again. Limited, and yes. demand has been tremendous and some of them even with with the right supply we, you have a, a, a fluctuating demand you know people come in that all of a sudden want something with with great passion yes. well the, and the trees came in what a week and a half ago wednesday of last week wednesday right. of last week and how many have we sold well in poway we've sold oh, what over, over a thousand a, over a thousand over trees. a thousand trees already wow i mean they're they're going they're constantly yeah. going out the door and and Usually in multiples, it's rare that you see somebody buy one, one tree. One tree. They're, they're buying two, three, four at a time. Or, or we had one gentleman come in for 47 of them last wow. week, and, and I took home five. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got 10 for a customer just the other day that he had, he had pre-ordered. It's, it's good to see people replanting edibles. But you know yeah, what amazes oh, me? Indeed. What what amazes me, and you and I were talking about this the other day, David. We've been in business for ninety five years, and we're still selling fruit trees and roses at a ridiculous rate. There is no law. Of, <clears throat> there is no law of diminishing returns in both of those markets. Well, people are moving. They're croaking their roses. They're they're taking a page out of my book and maybe not watering them quite enough during the summer and so they're people yeah. like roses people are beginning to re-enjoy fruit and it's something it, they're comfort plants they're comfort plants yeah yeah and they the selection is the selection is incredible the I, I might stuff add that, that, that fruit trees are also great ornamentals when they when they you can a, be yeah when you have an apple tree or a pear tree in or a peach tree in bloom they're spectacular they really are you what really about my citrus trees are they pretty they are pretty as well providing they don't have too much citrus leaf miner yeah because they look a little, little actually ratty. from a distance a full tree of citrus, citrus yeah. leaf miner doesn't look that bad but okay yeah I'll, but but I agree with you they are quite okay. quite beautiful trees plum trees are usually pretty so yeah, I guess all of them are actually. Yeah. So all of the fruit trees are beautiful when they're well, in bloom. And you know that's one of the nice things about the during the bare root season is everything we sell is is deciduous. And with deciduous trees, they typically flower before the foliage comes out. So you get with citrus, the yeah, flowers are kind of kind of get lost in the foliage. But with uh, with deciduous fruit trees, the, the flowers show is can there. be the the show is there. Yeah, I disagree. What? Well, citrus trees, when they bloom, and I have my Trovita orange is just starting to bud, but they're budding on the very tips of the new growth. And it goes back to my bee presentation. So the <laughs> citrus, even when it's blooming, because it, even though it has leaves, the blossoms are at the end of the growth so that it, they are displayed to their pollinators. And then after the fruit sets, then more growth comes out to protect the fruit from the sun. 
I, I know what you're saying, but I, I agree. Yeah, I, I know what I, Ken is trying to say. You're disagreeing. No, 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 I agree. <laughs> I, this is why can't it be both? Because right. I, I think what he's saying is it's just more showy yes, on, he, on a deciduous tree. Correct. I think that's yeah. where he was going. Yeah. So. Well, the, but, but the other thing about citrus when it's in bloom, too, that you don't necessarily get with deciduous fruit trees is the fragrance. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You, know, you, you drive through Palma Valley during yeah, during orange blossom season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it's it, it's it's amazing. It it really is pretty. We do have some of the air quotes potted bare root. They were three gallon fruit trees that we got in this early summer or late spring that went dormant. They've been at the nursery for the for the summer and the fall, and they're already beginning to bloom. And bless you, they say they're gonna they will fruit within ninety days of bloom. So we're looking at late March to early April for these to have their first peaches and their mild climate varieties and they're gorgeous. And I was That Tropic Prince, right? Was yes, one of them. That's a I, good looking tree. I was evaluating it because it's a it's a sixty dollar tree, which makes it twenty or thirty dollars more than a bare root tree. But it is more than one year ahead. It would be comparable mm. to a 15-gallon tree. So it really is. Yeah, worth the price. It's worth the. It's perfect right. for for somebody who wants to get going because it's going to have a lot of fruit on it this year, and the tree is strong enough to support it. Some of the bare root trees will produce fruit this year, but yeah. the limbs are going to be so yeah. light they're not able to support the fruit. But on these, they're ready to go. It's they're, and they're gorgeous. And there's they're you have one inside the store presently with with flowers all over it. Well branched, right. strong, sturdy trees. There, and less than two hundred hours of required winter chill. Yeah, I mentioned it to Capria. We were debating it <laughs> on, <laughs> on whether we might get that and? as well. Well, we're still debating it because because there are five other trees at home already. So when I get home, I will go and look in the mirror. And I will discuss it with myself and see what I need to do. <laughs> it is. Don't argue, okay? Just don't argue. Okay. Good Make idea. sure one of you waters it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between the two of you, you can get the, keep yeah. this thing alive. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you have an interest in the in the fruit trees, uh, stop in for the class and then take a then wander out and do some shopping and, and see what you can pick up. Okay. Maybe we talk weather. I have, we, have, we, we, have, have we gotten past the classes and the fruit trees so we can talk weather? We it's can, the first quarter. We can touch on the weather, sure. What a wonderful, what, two weeks now? Going on yeah, three good... weeks of regular rain. We had one pretty strong uh, rain event, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't There wasn't that much flooding or anything like that, and the, the soils Well, are... not down here. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And we did not get the 10 inches we were... Predicted that were were predicted, but we've had good rain, and there's more. There's more coming, coming. Yeah. Monday night into Tuesday, and again next week. The well, I thought I heard that they were expecting another another five inches of rain up in San Francisco out of this next wave that comes through. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, it, they 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 they've got hey, they've got pummeled up there. They really did. <laughs> well, Lake Oroville has 19, almost 20,000 cubic feet of water per second flowing into it, which is good. It's filling up the reservoirs. If we only had a couple more, it might be a little bit better. But it's for us. Maybe, maybe yeah. with the infrastructure, we'll, bill, we'll get some more. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Snowpack, is, uh, I heard earlier this week, is 174% above average. 
And then they, uh, Mammoth Mountain posted a picture on their Facebook page at the summit. They have a they have a sign that says Mammoth Mountain Summit. And it's ten thousand feet or something like that. And the top of the sign is just a few feet above the snow. Um, the sign's twenty four feet tall. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so it's, they, they they've got a they got a lot of snow up there right now. Did you turn off your sprinklers, Ken? My sprinklers. I, my sprinklers have been off for the better part of a month at this point in time. Okay, you are your sprinkler, Mark, so I know yours are not on. Yeah. I am my sprinkler. How about you, George? Are you your no, sprinkler? We, I, well, we have a lot of automated um, bubblers and such throughout the yard, but they've all been off, and the only thing that has been watered have been potted plants potted or plants, something yeah, freshly exactly. planted in the vegetable garden. Well, not last week or so. I did... I think it was just before Christmas. We had a few warm days. I gave my onions some water, but right. they haven't yeah, needed anything yeah. since. And that's been since Thanksgiving. It has been. It has been great. I I love the rain. It's needed, but I need sun in between days of rain. I need like a day or two of rain, and then a day of sun, and then some rain, and then some sun. Yeah, I mostly plant DNA. I have to have sun on my face. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a. I think that's what we're going to be getting here for the next next week or so i need oh if, go ahead. if you want to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number you're listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz oh well okay <laughs> we've I, got a little bit of extra time all right then i've been having trouble finding a good time to to mow the weeds <laughs> or the grass or the domesticated weeds the domesticated weeds because my days off have not coincided with Sunshine. Good weather. Yeah. yeah. And they're getting to the point where they either need to be sprayed or they're going to need to be mowed. But I have, on a separate note, had very good luck this last few weeks against gophers. Oh. And now you and I have had this ongoing debate with regard to the gopher hawk because you didn't like it. You weren't having success. And then you thought that maybe it wasn't functioning properly. You got a new one, and you had success almost immediately. Thank you for bypassing the way I tested the old one to make sure it wasn't working well, We right. don't want to go there. Okay. Um, but the trigger wasn't working on it. Right. Unless I put my thumb in it and then really manipulated the trigger, then it would come down on my thumb. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and hopefully the gopher. But within 24 hours of deploying a new gopher hawk, I got my first gopher. That's why I like them when, when they're functioning properly. I, I've had good success, typically. And one more positive about that is you don't have to go dig down around in the ground to see if you've gotten something. It, it tells you. tells right. you. And that's kind of the same thing with the black boxes, which I enjoy. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Larry, stay on the line. We are talking to you when we come back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. As a matter of fact, we are going to go up to Oceanside right now and talk to Larry. Good morning, Larry. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Welcome back, and uh, Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you very much. I am. Uh, I, I went to the state of California. Put on a little uh, symposium, a conference for uh, local farmers, small farmers, and told them how to diversify and 
sell honey and sell their products on the, on their land. Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, one of the uh, speakers uh, here is a uh, third generation Lisa Milano is a uh, um, uh, what do you call it a uh, you know a, a farmer. And she takes. She's telling us that she's taking water out of whether it comes out of city water or they come out of the ground. They still have to filter it to put on the plants. And uh, that got me thinking. I've had last couple of years our gardens have been terrible. And we, my wife and I, have transferred a lot of our garden space into planting trees uh, and fruit trees only. Um, but. Do you guys uh, recommend any, a filter for even uh, small gardens? Uh, and do you use it at your nurseries? Do you use uh, filters? Because you guys water a lot at all the plants you have there, especially in the summer. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, we do water a lot. And no, we don't filter uh, water at either of the stores. Well, with with the exception of like the, the carnivorous oh, with plants. The carnivorous plants. You know, we, 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 very sensitive plants. Yes, sensitive plants and uh, and some of the house plants. We do have a we do have a reverse osmosis uh, unit on on site that we can get the RO water from, and we will use that. On typically, it's on the mostly it's on the uh, carnivorous, carnivorous plants, plants. And, but we do use it on some of the house plants here and there. And, and rainwater is, is rainwater great is, for is fantastic because it is cleaner. And some wells. You will need that because of the salts that are in there. But in the city water, it's generally okay. You could run an RO filter through it, but I, we don't. And I, I, you don't need to. Yeah, you don't. But if you do, if you do want to run an RO filter, there are different units that are available. They're, they're actually relative. They're relatively inexpensive. Um, I'm trying to th- remember. I I think the I think the unit that we have at the nursery, which is a which is a pretty good size, pretty good size unit. Um, I think it was about six or seven hundred bucks, and then you just get a big, just get a big holding tank to dump the water into, and you could you just make it, make it when you need it. Do, do you know what was she growing that she felt that she needed the um, cleaner water? Uh, they have uh, trees and uh, corn and uh, all kinds of plants, and uh, there it's a pretty big place up on North River Road and in Oceanside, Bonson. You know, if you're growing for a living, yeah, your production is going to be different than for for backyard use. And I, yeah, my well, avocados they, they, are. Uh, one of the things they do is uh, they use a lot of well oh, from the aquifer underneath the Oceanside San Luis Rey River, and they they one of the things because they it's brackish, it's considered hazardous waste, and they have to dump it not in uh, someplace in Otay uh, Mesa or something. But uh, just by filtering out the, the stuff that comes out of the ground. But uh, I was just wondering. Now I can't blame. I guess I'm um, still just a lousy gardener. <laughs> it was can't a, blame it on the water. It was a good try. <laughs> but I, again, I, I might be filtering well water if if it has any issues. Well, especially if, it, to fil- you know, especially city if water. If, if, if right, if it's brackish water right. that they're pulling out of the aquifer, then you're definitely going to need to treat it somehow, um, because of the just because of the mineral content that's going to be in it. Um, so that that may be what she that may be what she's talking about in in that yeah. regard. But for you know for the amount of for the amount of water that we use at both of our stores throughout the year, the amount of filtered water or RO water we use is an insignificant right fraction of uh, statistically of the amount, 
insignificant. It's, it's yeah. a rounding figure. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I do use I do use cleaner water for some sensitive plants, like my coffee plants. If if you use just mm-hmm. city water, the tips burn pretty regularly. It, they'll, they'll get yeah, some easily. salt burn yeah, on and, them. Yeah. And tea plants as well. But otherwise, yeah, I've used city grow, water on they everything. Just, yeah. They still grow. They just they look just, a little cruddy. Exactly. Right. Well, that's another benefit to the rains we've had over the last month. It's Absolutely. salt-free, and it cleans out and flushes out all the salts that have been accumulating. So it's perfect. But you can do that with you can do that with the regular city water too. Per- periodically, just go through um, and flush it out and uh, leach it out. Water right. it really, water it really well. Soak it good. Let it sit for an hour or two, and then go back and water it again. And you're still put, you're still putting the the salts and the chemicals from the water back in, but you're moving the accumulated salts. stuff farther yeah. down out of the root zone. So, yeah. So. Well, all right. Well, it's a, it was a try. Uh, I, guess <laughs> I have to come up with some. Again, hey, welcome back. This is I'm looking forward to this year with you guys. Well, thank you very thank much, Larry. We're, we're happy to be back and uh, looking forward to a good year as well. You have a great weekend. Yeah, I'm going to try to stop by the store today. Excellent. Good. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care. I'm, I'm yeah. guessing that was Lemon Larry. I was thinking lemon, that as well. Lemon tree fame. Well, possibly. But because he was saying such nice things, I didn't want to tell him he has to take responsibility for his own gardening failures. <laughs> but now that he's off the line, I can He probably's not listening up. right yeah, now, right? He's right. not hearing a word yeah. we're saying. You know, go, going back to your gopher hawk, did, yes, well, I, I've had great success with that product, but only in the winter or damper months. When it's dead of summer, I have not had success, well, and I don't know why. I would suggest you because it's harder to get the stupid thing into the ground. Well, I mean, I'm still putting it essentially in the same areas that I, I mean, there's nothing different about where I'm No, but the it. moisture content right. in the soil makes it easier to deploy now than then. Oh, I, I agree with that, but I'm still deploying it, I think, effectively. It's just I don't have the same success. Well, I, don't, I don't know. But yeah. the half shells, I've been very happy with the half shells. And because you don't have to cover the holes and when they have sprung they pop up so you can see those without having to dig in and i've had terrible luck with the maccabees lately i have not caught a gopher with a maccabee trap for months and i've had them spring i've had them sprung and the gophers are there's sometimes a little bit of hair still there but the gophers are gone maybe they're just small gophers maybe because there is there there is because there is a there's what uh three-inch gap between the trigger plate and the, maybe, and the prongs? Maybe. Maybe you are catching them, and there's a very smart coyote who's pressing it, releasing the, to take it, and just leaving it in the hole. Well, the smart coyotes used to just take the whole thing. Right. They would take the trap. And but then they realized that you wouldn't be deploying them as much, and they wouldn't be getting as much fresh meat, so uh, now they are taking just what they want. I'm sure that's it, that's George. That's probably thank, it. Thank you. I've seen a smart coyote on TV, so... A wily one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. Um, good news for David Austin fans. Uh, we are expecting them this week, I believe, is it not? This David? coming week. Yeah. So by the end of the week, they should be available. They're coming to Poway. They'll need to be released by AG, but they should be available in both stores by the weekend. Very cool. Yeah, but, should but should should. I know, I know. Bad, bad news for David Austin fans. <laughs> but wait, as, there's more. <laughs> as we're not getting everything that we ordered and that we had ordered or and we're anticipating. Or, right. Yeah, we 
we got some that we there were a few varieties that came in that were get, that we're expecting that we're only getting five yeah I love that. <laughs> so, and some of them we are getting what 20 or 30 we have seven or eight varieties that we're getting in quantity yeah but then there's a few i didn't think it was worth canceling them but they cut the orders back to just five five so we'll see when they show up we'll see what happens we're not going to talk about those yet because they're not here. there's only five yeah yeah, and when when's the second crop of roses? Uh, that's due a lot week. of roses uh, are due next week. The, the, yeah, so the second set of roses. Those have been selling really well. I know we touched on it, but we primarily were talking about the fruit trees. But the rose sales are rose sales have been brisk good. as well. Yeah, and, and that's a nice that's a nice crop of roses this year too. And they've they're looking good. They're enjoying the the weather. We you cut them way back back the, just before Christmas, and those have almost an inch maybe more on some of them of growth and they look spectacular i am i'm disappointed there was one i was going to buy a sugar uh sugar moon and they're gone why why would we believe that that i was going to buy one yes oh because we're building a bit of a rose garden and that's a beautiful white rose agreed i don't think i've seen that one is it a new one i've seen no it's been around it's been around but it's, we we didn't get very many. We of didn't them. get many. I looked at it last week and said, "Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to Capri. Maybe we'll get one of these next week." And when I came in, they were gone. Sure, sugar Sh- shoulda woulda coulda. What is, is <laughs> sugar, sugar moon? Sugar, sugar moon. moon. Yeah. I I have not seen that one. I don't. I don't, I don't know how. I, I I don't know how I've missed it, but I I haven't seen it. It's a great rose, but we don't have any. Yeah. We, so well, we no, we do. Any. We have them on. Um, we currently have them as a 36-inch tree, if you want them to tree rose. Okay, did you get one? No, I'm going to hope that they're coming in on this next order. Okay, keep hoping. I, I am. <laughs> hope is not a koa. No, it is not. <laughs> uh, how many new new varieties did we get in this year? I don't. Looking over the list, I didn't think there were that Not that Not many. that many. But we did get – we ha- replaced some of the new ones from last year that just were very popular in the – Sunset Horizon, what what was the? It was in the planter out front of the nursery, and it was called something Sunset Horizon. It's the series. There were three or four of them that were some, but the flower color changed as the buds opened up. Yes, and it did look like a sunset on the horizon. and it was very vigorous, strong, very popular. Rower. Lots of people walked in saying, "What's that rose out there? What's that rose?" Yeah, but what's the word that precedes sunset horizon? I'm going to have to look that up since you guys put me on the spot. I Thanks. think you brought that one up. Well, maybe maybe you can look that up uh, during the break. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Um, we were talking about fruit trees and roses before we left for the before we cut out for the break. And you 
you picked up five new trees for we picked up five yeah. one of them's for a gift for a friend who lost a parent so uh, but another apricot it was the tropic gold based on david ross's recommendation i we have two katies uh on our property and they they're far enough apart and they get different amount different amounts of sun based on some trees and they actually bear about two to three weeks apart for the really? same for the same trees when they come to fruition. Yeah. Now, do so, they do they bear fairly consistently? So far, yeah, one of them's four years old, and the other is three years old. I think so. I think you will be very pleased with your tropic gold apricot. You have touted it since I've known you, so I finally listened to you. It took me a while. The first ones we got in at the nursery produced bare root from that bare root season. And it stuck with me. It's a good piece of fruit. And they're super low chill and precocious. So I say good. Well, I'm looking forward to it. The I'm actually looking forward to the spring when everything gets in bloom, as we were speaking of earlier, and then a lot of new fruit. Do you have any interest in discussing why that peach tree that we were talking about on the Lavelle rootstock is still at the nursery? I think you may have just answered the, your own question. Why Why it's still it's on a Lavelle rootstock right which is more susceptible to nematodes nematodes it's and much more tolerant of water right, right of wet soils so heavier soils clay soils and like around the nursery in poway and in lots of areas of the north county it'd be perfect but where i where you have a deeper soil and there might be nematodes it's not as perfect so i'm debating and that's why it has not left the nursery right. well, do you have nematodes in your well, I have, I have seen nematode damage on some of the tomatoes, so I don't know. It's not – I don't think it's as prevalent as one might think it is. So I, I should go for it? Well, you know, I – I would say I, yes. I ended, up having, I ended up with nematodes in uh, my vegetable garden area, and that's why I quit planting there and switched over to uh, container, garden, container gardening for – tomato crops because they the tomatoes would start out great and then they would just fizzle out and you'd pull them up and the roots just were hideous from the nematodes and i tried putting i tried what was it that uh was it monterey i think yeah, nemagon or, or something like, like that, that yeah. yeah and i tried i treated it with that and didn't really have too much success with it so i just you know i'm life, life's right. too short to screwing around with this so that's when i switched over to switched over to containers and had much better success okay you have convinced me i will purchase that tree and take it home and check and then i'll rip up the tomatoes that are still left in the garden from last year and see if they do have nematodes on them yeah and just don't plant the if they do don't plant the tree there or put some beneficial nematodes like farmer roy does for his tomatoes yeah you could do you could do that too and what's the other oh it's the neem max we have that is yes, will take care of nematodes. Okay, what, that's a new product I, that I am not familiar with. Yeah, it is a cold pressed, um, neem oil? virgin you've, neem you've oil. You've heard good things of, of it. I mean, you I know, know we, the people that sell it to us say that. But yes, no. and I we gave some to Roy to try, and I don't know if we got a response. I don't know if he ever tried it. I haven't heard anything back yet with regard to nematode success. But it's it, it is one of the things in the label. Right. And it is different than the regular neems. In the, the way it's manufactured, neem oil right. And the way it works, right? 
Correct. Okay. Yeah. The, the way it's manufactured, it's purported to have properties against nematodes. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to have to check into that. So what else did you get? You got a gold kist. I'm going to get a what, – what am I getting? What's You're going to get a Tropic Prince. Okay. Which I don't know anything about other than what we just spoke of. It is from Texas, and it's one of the mild climates and uh, varieties from Texas, which I think also the Tropic Snow and some of the others are from the same series, and it looks like a really nice peach. So I'm going to try It's a gorgeous tree. It's, it, it's shaped beautifully. Agreed. Stunning and shapely. What, <laughs> what color is the flower? Uh, light pink. Light, light pink. pink. Yeah. There I don't know if we put it outside in the sun if it would have more color to it or not, but <laughs> I'll take it home today. What? What? Uh, so what else did you I get? I also grabbed a couple persimmons, a chocolate, and a coffee cake. I have not tried either one of those. I, I've had them, and I want to add to our our repertoire. The your, garden. your persimmon collection. But I have to keep them far enough away where we don't pollinate the fuyu because we don't want to get seeds in the fuyu. The fuyu will become pollinated if you have one of the others there. I didn't know that. They become seeded. They get pollinated by themselves. But, I mean, they become seeded, so we're trying to avoid that. Do you know every time you do that, we hear your the, – there you go. <laughs> I did not know that until <laughs> you said it. Okay. Um, will izu pollinate fuyu? I don't know. I planted them together. Is, how long have you had the izu? A couple of years. And you, you were successful, obviously. Yes. Because that is one of the few persimmons we have that the, they actually say it's more difficult to start from bare root, they being our wholesaler. Oh, somebody was asking me about that yesterday, and I told them all the persimmons are hard to start all, from All, bare all root. are a little bit difficult, but that one in particular has a blurb. Is a little difficulter. More difficulter. Yeah. That was my New Year's resolution, by the way, to talk more gooder. Good. <laughs> I... Uh, well, Tom Spellman was a, was an advocate for when planting persimmons from bare root, put them in the ground, water them, and then don't don't do anything they, to them until they start leafing out. Yes, right. and especially in a season like this where we're having constant regular rains. I I wonder if that tag says that because it's a newer tag and it has updated information on it, or if it is. More difficult. More difficult than the others. Because I, I think all the persimmons are touchy. They, they can more be, touchy. Yeah. A little bit more finicky. Yes. Yeah. I, I was going, I was looking for something while we were talking because you were talking about nematodes and you were, Ken, you were saying how they're not that prevalent. Mm-hmm. John Clements months ago wrote an article about or a post regarding a peach farm in Poway where Midland is and Twin Peaks. And this expansive orchard that was doing very well and they had a a, uh, massive nematode infestation it destroyed the entire orchard and then um one of the notes that john had said was the the guy's name was horace kent's that kent rather that had the orchard and he said what would he have given for a nemagard rootstock which would protect against nematodes so just adding that they they at least were very prevalent at one point the trees that I have that are not on Nemagard rootstocks that have not done well, I have totally ascribed that to yeah. drought, to yeah. water. Yeah. I haven't considered. But in retrospect, maybe. maybe there's more to it. So maybe I'll have to do a little further investigation. A little forensics. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I found that piece very interesting. I, 
I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to picture where there would have been an orchard at, at Twin Peaks and Midland. Well, it was in the in the early 1900s. Oh, okay. So, well, not, that not explains. Like, oh, not, okay. like, not like last year. No, this <laughs> okay. is. Yeah, I think it was. It started in 1882, and okay, then it was well, wiped that, out later that, on. That, expo- right. that explains why I haven't. That's why seen I can't it, remember so. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So your grandfather may have seen it declining. <laughs> Could be when he got here. Could be if he ventured up to Poway yes. at all. Right. It was it was a very productive farm and according to the Poway Press in in 1894 the Kent family had 15 to 20 tons of apricots to dry. That's a lot of apricots. That's a lot of apricots. It's a lot of apricots too. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Man. Yeah. You know, it's funny you look at the, you look back at the history of agriculture in San Diego and there's there's not much left. You know, Escondido was a huge grape growing area. And now it's all moved down southeast into my neck of the woods. Down there and and, and over into Ramona. Uh, but they still have they still celebrate celebrate Grape Day in Escondido and there's a park in in Escondido is a Grape Day park or there's a, Grapes there's Grape a, Street Park is in San Diego Balboa Park, right? Isn't there a Grape Street Park? Uh, oh, probably off of Grape Street. Could be yeah. off of Grape Street. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you know. sense. There's a there's a little winery up that up there called um, it's Hidden Barrel now, but it used to be the one in the heart of Escondido. Yeah, it's was it was it Ferrari? It began with the original family farm. The original family vineyard began with an F, um, and now they they have less than an acre of, of grapes but at one time i think they had i think they had like 1200 acres wow. of, of grapes that they were growing in that area so yeah it's uh it's all all gone now yeah um it if you want to give us a call today 888-344-1170 is the number you're listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz we'll be back with more right after this Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. We were talking about grapes in Escondido uh, before the break, and I was remembering as you drive up the 15, you get north of Corona, but before you get to Rancho Cucamonga, there's huge sections um, that are still planted with grapes. They're not harvested anymore. They're not maintained, but there's just acres and acres of vines. At least there was. I, it's 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 probably been a year or two since I've driven up that way. But there there was a there was a lot of grape production up in that up in that part of uh, Riverside County at at one time. There also was a huge dairy right off the side of off the side of the fifteen and. I think that was a norco yeah you can smell you it. could yeah. it, it just reeked <laughs> yes. uh, but that's all gone now were those too. table grapes you know or raisin grapes or um i'm assuming they were probably raisin grapes um they were driving past that when it was being torn down thinking we should get those to put tillandsias on 
Oh, she'd come okay. up here and pick up all the old trunks. Yeah, they yeah. were they were all they were, they were all head pruned. They okay. they were they weren't on trellises. Right. And there was a there was a lot of them, so so it 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 comes and it goes. It comes and goes, but yeah. mostly goes. Mostly so goes. Putting, yeah, it doesn't know. it doesn't typically come back. Although I had read an article um, a couple of years ago that in in Detroit, because so many of the neighborhoods in Detroit have deteriorated over the years um, with the exodus of people from from the city that the city was just going going through taking over taking over entire neighborhoods and just scraping them and turning them back into farmland again because that's what a, a lot of that area around Detroit was and Dearborn was, was farmland back around the turn of the last century and then then the automotive business moved in and took yeah. over everything right yeah it, it really it really Detroit's an interesting it's an interesting place the um, there are neighborhoods where they're just these absolutely beautiful Victorian homes that are just in ruin now right just deteriorating the forgotten Ferrara yeah. winery Ferrara 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 okay. that's the one yeah. in Escondido you were trying to recall I think so yeah it's called forgotten barrel now okay yeah but it's it's a pretty cool. It, they they've got a nice tasting room. They have um, they'll have live music from time to time on the weekends, and um, it's a fun, it's a fun place. We've been there been there a couple of times, but it's it's weird. It's kind of you have to go through this kind of circuitous route off of Ninth. You have Avenue. to want to get there. You have you have to want to get there. Yeah, it's not it's not something that you just happen upon if you're driving around in Escondido. Can I may I ask a um, fruit tree question? Certainly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you stake your fruit trees when you, or any tree for that matter? Do you stake when you plant your trees? And the reason I ask is that was our Wednesday wisdom, and there were two competing discussions. And I'm curious. Maybe you should have asked before you printed Wednesday wisdom. I didn't print it. Have you read it? No. There you go. Okay. So now you. Yeah. Tell me all about it. I'm, I'm curious from you. Do you stake your trees? Generally, no. Okay. And even sometimes when they need it, I generally do not stake them until they. Really need it <laughs> until they <laughs> break. show me. Until they until show they me they show are me incapable they need of surviving it. on their yes. own. Yes. Okay. And that's actually the that's the path that's the correct path. Uh, I found an interesting website. City of Seattle has a great tree and care page, and they they went through the reasons to stake and not to stake. That, that is, is the, the question. question. <laughs> that's actually how I wrote it. Um, because most trees, most young trees, can stand without being supported. And they and they do well, and and they say, given what we know, given what we know about tree development, you actually have a stronger tree Correct. by not staking it. And, and we have lots of customers when they purchase the tree, they want to buy all these all the you know stakes and ropes and everything to tie it together. And I try to talk them out of it. Um, actually, I let them do that, but I tell them to stake it loosely so that right. the trunks will so, move. Yeah, so and, the flexes. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to. You yeah. do want to stake, stake it loose if you need to. I mean, right. Absolutely, but they give you a couple criteria when you would want to, and that's if you live in an area with high winds, constant winds. Uh, if you have lots of traffic where people, are, you know, kids are playing and they have an opportunity to, to smash into the exactly. tree and want to stake it. Um, if when you purchase it, it's just not a straight tree and you're trying to shape it into a straight. And then in that um, instance, they recommend using a single stake to just get it straight. And then the last one is if when you put it in the ground and maybe a small root so a ball, for instance, with some of the bare root, um, and you put it in the ground and you start to move it and it can the whole ground moves yeah. with it, then that might be an opportunity to stake. But other than that, they stand on their own. Or not. I would submit to you, though, you said constant winds. 
Well, I would I, say if you are in an area ways. where most areas of our county where we have occasional gusty winds, the, the strong Santa Anas, that depending on the form of the tree, and especially the more lollipop-shaped trees, trunk with just the head on them, that are be, would be susceptible, I don't think you'd want to wait to find out. To find out. Okay. Well, they, I use the word constant. They use the word regular. I mean, same thing. But, okay. Yeah. But regular. If you have, if you have. What persist- was the phrase you used yesterday for changing happies to glads? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A difference without distinction or something. Yes, sir. Um, way back when, I hadn't been at the nursery that long, and I, we moved into a house on Catoctin Drive by San Diego State, where there's now about ten thousand apartments. But I got a really nice tree from Springtime Growers. It was a 24-inch box Tipuana Tipu with between a one-and-a-half and, and two-inch caliper trunk on it. And it was a gorgeous tree. And it, but it staked tight. The growers staked them tightly to the trunk. And so I planted it, and then I took off the, the stake because there was a big trunk. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I, of course, it doesn't need it. And immediately, the head just leaned over to the ground. It did not snap, fortunately. Okay. But it bent over to where it was almost touching the ground. It was wow. a, almost a 90-degree arc um, in the trunk. And I staked it loosely, and it only took a month or two to tighten up for the trunk to move around and to get the strength, and it never needed to be staked again. But oh, I was... <laughs> I, I knew it was going to snap in two. It was a gorgeous tree. It was back when trees used to get bigger. <laughs> back yeah. in the old days. Back in the olden days, when I was young. <laughs> well, that's a that's a name that I hadn't heard of in a long time. No, Springtime Growers. Oh, springtime, yeah. That was a big operation that they had up yeah, in huge. Carmel Valley. Huge operation. Were you with me when Dan Glassy took us on a tour of Springtime? We went up and he drove us around, or was it just, no, just you. me? Okay. They were ju- that was just west of the Evergreen, when Evergreen was there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Back on the old dirt road to get out. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know whatever happened to them. I know they, I know they went out of – I can't remember if they got bought up by somebody or if they just closed up. Well, I think that was the same – ownership structure CEO, yeah, CEO the yeah. ownership structure of nursery properties and things in the in the county so they probably hung on to the land yeah for a long, yeah. long time yeah. which are now it's, all homes over all, in that area and developed right all homes yeah. yeah it's it's pretty amazing okay are we done talking about staking and Wednesday wisdom we are I want to go back to roses Okay. Okay. Uh, you don't plant roses because they're not edible. Actually, we've talked about this. They are. You make rose hip tea, and you can do things. So with you're the rose not going to use any poisons on them, and you're going to use them for tea. So we're going to call them it's an a, edible. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a, a, a. An ongoing discussion at the house. Did you get another rose to replace the sugar moon? Or not what are, yet. No. No. I'm, I have not. And uh, I know you said we, we didn't have a sugar moon, but when the the missing sugar moon was discovered, did you set it aside for yourself? I actually gave it to a customer who called seeking one. I that was very it, yeah, nice she, of you. She, we, she asked to be put on the list because we didn't have any, and she was so disappointed that she didn't come in, and she was chastising herself for not coming in. And I said, I feel the same. I wanted one as well. And then we found one, so I called her, and she was ecstatic. That, that was very kind of you. I, I'm, I'm welling up. I don't know if you can see. <laughs> I, I have. Yes, it's very, very nice. I think when we went to the Barona Casino for the roses, uh, two years in a row, Capri and I took just tons of pictures. 
And, no, that was right. And, I just wanted you to yeah, know. And, and we are going through them now to decide which ones we want to get because there are, there are a number of roses that we really like there. You know, I haven't been up there since last summer, and they should be oh, probably in the middle of cutback right now. Probably, yeah. So April, April was a great time when we went, so that might be another journey out there this spring. Yeah, that is, that is definitely it's a hidden it, gem. It is a hidden gem in San Diego, and it, if, if, you're looking for, if you're looking for a day trip, if you're looking for a day trip somewhere um, on a weekend, I would highly recommend driving. It's a it's a little bit of a hike to get out there, uh, and well it's worth kind of, it. it. And it's hidden behind the parking structure. And it get, it's inspiration when yeah. you go there. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful place. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Until next weekend, have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.